Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I'm Liz Loza and I am joined by my good friend Dalton Del Don as I am every Friday. And today we're going to provide you with a preview as we do most Fridays of the week's slate. This time we're talking week 14. But first, I have an exciting announcement. This has been an absolutely lit week at Yahoo. On Sunday, we're bringing together the top fantasy players in the country at MGM National Harbor Resort and Casino for the first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Championship. 60 winners of various contests from the season will face off for the champion title and, wait for it, 200,000 in cash prizes. There might even be a few special guests. We're making this an annual event, so be sure to follow at Yahoo Fantasy on Twitter this weekend and the hashtag Yahoo Fantasy Champs across all social channels so that you can check out the action. And, you know, maybe you'll be there next year. Dalton, speaking of competitions, how'd you fare? Last week, Eagles won. We're happy? Yes, we're very happy. Minshew, you know, we already were locked in our pick when the news came out that Hertz was out. So that was a little scary, but Minshew Mania came through. And uh, yeah, it was exciting. And Liz, props to you too. You called the Lions upset. Thank you. Jared Goff, the final drive. It was nice knocking uh, 18% of that pool out too. So it was a, a beautiful thing. Yeah, I know. What are you uh, feeling but- for this week? Yeah, well, there's a few options, but um, not not exactly locked in yet. But um, it's uh, yeah, I got to tell you honestly, it's just become. I told you it was, it was becoming unbearable. It's officially unbearable. I started getting sick to my stomach on Saturday last week. I told you the kids have to leave the house. Um, it's bad, man. It'll just be a relief by the time this is over. It's not even like fun anymore. It's uh, yeah, it's 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 bad. It's it's. it's How too are much. you gonna handle Christmas Day, which you know? is a Saturday, the day before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to make it there that far. Let's not look ahead. It's one game at a time. So this week, we're taking care of this week here, too. But uh, yeah, honestly, it might be be a relief when it's over at this point, because it's just too much. But how how are you doing? Holiday season and all that. I know you're super busy. It's fantasy playoffs coming up here. But man, it's just busy times, I know. Yeah, I can't talk about the holiday season, friend. I've got got a, a little one getting a year older. And even before we get to that, my daughter's birthday is on Monday. So I'm going to be preoccupied with uh, with all of that. But but regardless, I'm what I'm preoccupied with right now is, as you mentioned, the fantasy playoffs. So let's get to this preview because I'm sure our listeners would uh, like a little advice on a week 
that has some particularly high stakes. And let's start with the Ravens at the Browns if we're talking high stakes, right? Also, I don't know if it's this part of the season. I don't know if it's because the Browns and the Ravens and the AFC in general, let's be honest, seems to be this up and down roller coaster. But am I crazy to throw a dart at DPJ, Donovan Peoples-Jones, in a start three wide receiver fantasy contest, especially given the Marlon Humphrey news. Not crazy at all. Hopefully, Ooh, talk Mayf- to me. Ho- hopefully Mayfield's healthier coming out of the bye. All those injuries to the secondary in Baltimore. Uh, Jarvis Landry I like too in PPR especially, but he's also still missing practice this week with a knee injury. So uh, Schwartz is missing practice while he's dealing with a concussion. A bunch of injuries to the tight ends. So I also like Austin Hooper as well. He may be more popular in DFS. Uh, Peoples-Jones will not be popular. He's an excellent flyer in a tournament especially. But yes, like the upside there. Uh, hopefully again, Mayfield may even be more accurate downfield uh, coming off the bye. I love that analysis. Let us manifest that and put it into the universe. I love that you mentioned Austin Hooper. He was featured in my Sleepers article, only $13 in DFS. And even before David Njoku ended up on the COVID list and Harrison Bryant suffered this high ankle sprain, Hooper was leading the trio of tight ends in snaps, routes, and targets. So it's also worth mentioning, by the way, David Njoku found the end zone against the Ravens just two weeks ago when these two teams faced off in week 12. So I like that call a lot. From the Ravens side of things, I don't think there's too much to discuss. We're playing the same players. I am a little bit worried, though, about Lamar Jackson coming off of a game in which he took a season-high seven sacks. Yeah, this offense has not got it going quite as I expected, especially in the past. Uh, DeFonta Freeman has just become a top 20 fantasy back. Uh, Much to my surprise, I was not rushing out to add him in the waiver wire at this stage of his career, but he's He's getting the touches, and um, you, you pretty much have to start him given the, the alternatives at the running backs as well. Um, Marquise Brown, I was buying all those targets last week. I liked him for a big game. Didn't happen. You're still starting Brown. You're still starting Lamar, starting Andrews. Uh, one concern I will have, we'll say, is Bateman. We were excited about him, including myself, uh, but the routes just have not been there lately. He's a, he's a thin start now. He's more of a stash at best right now. But yeah. future bright, but right now you can't, you can't play him in fantasy lineups. No, especially with Sammy Watkins playing ahead of him. I mean, that's just an an interesting wrinkle I don't think any of us foresaw. You know, that this game, the um, Ravens at Browns game, is one of the best of the slate. Otherwise, a lot of the slate has some games that are only made interesting by fantasy. I think a perfect example of that is this next matchup, Jaguars at Titans. There's a lot of meh going on here let's start with a little bit of optimism though and then and then really just make people feel down about everything else and that little silver lining is the fact that Julio Jones who has only by the way been active for six games this entire season well he was limited in practice on Thursday and there is a chance that he could play on Sunday how are you feeling about his potential return to the team it's a tough game in fantasy terms because are you going to really uh, start Julio without a prove-it game first coming off the long layoff with the injury? I mean, probably ideally, no. You'd like to see him perform and last the whole game healthy and have some production before using him. And then their backfield, it's a great... Uh, theoretical game script, you know, is more than touchdown favorites. Uh, but Jacksonville's decent against the run and Foreman, not only Foreman and Hilliard, but also Jeremy McNichols is returning. So it could be a three-headed committee there. So it's just it's just not ideal fantasy. You know, is James Robinson fully healthy? Is he going to get benched after another fumble? Um, you know, there are some sleepers. I think you might like Treadwell, um, but, but there's no one you can start really with too much confidence in this matchup. 
Yeah, I want to talk about the Titans' backfield a little bit more. You mentioned that Jeremy McNichols is expected to return, but both Dontrell Hilliard and Donta Foreman are coming off of these 100-plus yard outings. How are you prioritizing them? I mean, I have to feel like Foreman gets a little bit of an edge because there's so much overlap in what McNichols and Hilliard uh, have done or are expected to do for this offense. Yeah, it's a totally fair take that Hilliard uh, might be more of the passing down back to lose work to to McNichols and against the Jacksonville's seven point favorites at home. You know, theoretically, this could be a Foreman second half getting all the carries game. So uh, I definitely wouldn't argue with that take that Foreman, given the uncertainty with McNichols returning. I like Foreman, even though Hilliard's looks, so, you know, he's impressive running 60 plus yard touchdown run against the Patriots seeing 10 plus targets. Uh, I do like, you know, he's interesting moving forward. But in this matchup, yeah, Foreman might be the safer play. Okay. All right. I'm glad we're on the same page about that. Yeah. And you mentioned Laquan Treadwell. I mean, he was on my sleepers list and my bold predictions list. I think it's possible that he clears 65 yards, maybe flirts with 70. He's, you know, since Jamal Agnew went out, he's been the team's most productive receiver and the matchup against the Titans, as we have well learned by week 14 is certainly prime. So again, if you are in your playoffs and you're especially those pesky start three wide receiver leagues and you need to throw a dart, Treadwell deserves consideration while you're scanning what's left on the waiver wire. Raiders at Chiefs. Darren Waller probably out again, still dealing with the knee and back issues. By the way, he didn't do much against the Chiefs when they last played in week 10. He only caught four balls for 24 yards. It was, in fact, Hunter Renfro who found the end zone in that grab seven catches for around 50 yards and that score. Renfro, since we're talking about him, has been on fire over the last few weeks. Over 100 yards in back-to-back games. Drew a season-high 10 targets with Waller's sideline last week. It wasn't Foster Moreau, which you and I thought might work out. Although I would, you know, again, if I'm streaming tight end, I don't know if I'm fading Moreau because the matchup and the expected over under, not quite 50, 49 and a half is still, I'm still willing to to throw a dart at Moreau in this situation. What about you? Kansas City's defense is the real deal, especially I just saw they're like top three when you adjust for schedule and DVOA opponents. So they're a really good unit, but still there's a lot, a lot of fantasy goodness in this one. Hunter Renfro's locked in as a top 15, especially in PPR fantasy receiver, and especially if Waller sits out again, which would be my best guess, but it would only be a guess. And I'm with you with Moreau, as much as he disappointed myself and many DFS players last week. This this week, DFS, his roster uh, percentage will be much lower after burning so many last week. And I would go right back to him there going to theoretically be having to be throwing from behind here. Uh, no Jalen Richard, possibly. Obviously, no Kenyon Drake. Uh, while that definitely boosts Josh Jacobs' value as well, there's targets to go around, and they're going to be funneled to Renfro and hopefully Moreau if he has to step in for Waller. So, yeah, I like a, even in a not-ideal matchup, because it's so condensed, Jacobs, Renfro, and Moreau, I, I like fantasy uh, to use them in fantasy this weekend. And are you as concerned about the Chiefs' offense as it seems Twitter is? So here's the thing. The cover two stopped him, but the one team that refused to, Gus Bradley and the Vegas Raiders, the last time they faced him, that's the best game all these guys had, uh, Terry Kill and, and, and Mahomes over the past six weeks. So I don't know, is Vegas going to be stubborn again and not run the t- cover two? Then yeah, I would say uh, given that and you look at the projected total in Vegas, yeah, I'm fire him, fire him up. But uh, yeah, long term, it's concerning. And I think it's pretty clear that this Kansas City team is going to win more lower scoring games throughout the rest of the season. It's almost as if they learned something from facing the Bucs in the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, they're going to have to play totally different. And that is, yeah, that's definitely part of it. And their offensive line is going to have to protect. They're not going to attacking downfield like before. That's, that's certain. But in this matchup, the Raiders present, get, can get pressure without even blitzing too. But man, they just they did not send anyone back like before. So I'm going to be very curious to see if there's any adjustments this time out. Another dog of a game with some interesting fantasy implications, Saints at Jets. Let's start on the Saints side of things. Mark Ingram and Ty Montgomery are both on the COVID list. NBD, except that Tony Jones is expected to work as Alvin Kamara's backup. Yay, Alvin Kamara, who, you know, lost some time with that knee issue, did practice fully on Wednesday and Thursday, so he's expected to play. The question is, of course, how he'll be utilized, or should I say how effective will he be with Taysom Hill, also expected to start, and Taysom Hill dealing with this mallet finger, though I'm not sure you're starting Taysom Hill because of his arms fingers top half of his body especially when they're facing the Jets yeah he was a top fantasy uh, QB last week despite throwing four picks it's wild so Kamara a super interesting player this weekend because there's no Jonathan Taylor on the D- the main DFS slate there's no Cooper Cup or Devontae Adams either so where are you going to pay up and Kamara without Mark Ingram now on the COVID list and the best by far the most favorable matchup posing backs are the Jets and maybe yeah with a banged up finger uh, Taysom Hill's not going to be wanting to throw it a lot. So I know historically the, his target percentage has gone down with Hill, but there has there was that one double-digit game, and theoretically there's no Michael Thomas now, and, and Hill's uh, mallet finger is going to be dumping it uh, underneath. So it, it just comes down to health. Can Kamara coming off a knee injury suddenly play uh, you know 70% of the snaps and, and get 20-plus touches? If so, he's going to be you know DFS game-breaker here in this matchup. And, so, and, and again, uh, it looks now like uh, Mark Ingram is, is uh, and you said Ty Montgomery. They may not play also. So in this smash spot, if they get their linemen back, especially to Tron Armstead at left tackle, uh, if he's healthy, Kamara could be huge this weekend. I think you're also just not as worried about the potential checkdowns with Kamara because the YPC opportunity versus the Jets run defense is so great. You know, even though Kamara, we're talking about what was that week 11 through 14 of last year when Taysom was the starter and everybody freaked out because Kamara wasn't catching, you know, five to 10 balls, five to eight balls a week. He still found the end zone a decent amount of times. And so we expect that Taysom Hill will probably vulture once, but like, is it impossible to imagine that the Saints post three rushing scores against the Jets? I mean, would, I might even take the over on that, right? Yeah, absolutely. They could if uh, Taysom Hill uh, plays this whole game. That's the only question with him, DFS. He's very affordable and he just puts up fantasy points. Historically, he's one of the best fantasy points per drop back. I know it's obviously a small sample, but just the cheat code with his legs um, out there. But um, yeah, I mean, it was, again, four picks last week and he still put up a top fantasy performance. So yeah, they're going to run all over him, whether it be Kamara. That's the other thing. Maybe Kamara isn't up to the task to get a ton of touches. And with all their other running backs banged up, maybe it's, it's a Taysom Jones. Hill gigantic game too. Tony Jones absolutely should be added and he's a, a really deep sleeper too. That's that's a good call too. But I was just going to say it could just be a lot of carries by Taysom Hill. I mean, it, you know, it couldn't it could result in that as well. Ooh, I love it. And you know what? The Jets are going to have even harder time putting up points with Corey Davis on IR and Elijah Moore banged up. Elijah Moore has been dealing with this quad injury. He did not practice on Thursday. It's very murky as of this recording whether or not he'll suit up on Sunday. I was all set to write him as my bold prediction of the week. I had him ranked as my seventh wide receiver this weekend, um, facing you know, a, a total pass funnel New Orleans defense. No one can run against them. And you look over the last five weeks, 
Uh, his air yards uh, share, all the nerd stats, basically volume has been Justin Jefferson and the rookie Moore. Uh, now all bets are off, though. Suffered the quad injury. Horrible. I wouldn't touch him now. I mean, it's, 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 it's unfortunate. It, um, but I guess maybe it keeps his uh, draft price down next year because, uh, as I said in my column, I dare someone to try to draft Elijah Moore before me uh, next year because I'm, I'm very into his long-term prospects. But unfortunately, with uh, this quad injury, you cannot count on him this weekend. I was all in this weekend. So now... Um, Keelan Cole is the guy I, I know you like Denzel Mims, but I've been thinking oh, maybe Keelan I'm, Cole is <laughs> back week I and was in this interested. matchup and, and super, super, uh, super, uh, cheap in DFS too. So Keelan Cole, if you're, if you're desperate looking for a real deep flyer, would you take a Laquan Treadwell ahead of Keelan Cole? That's a close. So I, I would take Cole just because Zach Wilson, man, he produced three touchdowns in the first 20 minutes last game. I was very intent watching that Eagles, and I haven't seen anything from Trevor Lawrence do that. I mean, he'll take him two months to produce three touchdowns. So no, give, give me, even though I've been down, hey, and I've been down on Zach Wilson too, but no, I give that kid more credit. He at least produces some plays, willingness to throw downfield. I'm pretty concerned about the coaching and or Trevor Lawrence. So just because of the situation, give me Cole. Interesting. I don't know. The matchup might lean me towards Treadwell a little bit more, but there is, you're, you're right, between Lawrence's inaccuracy and Treadwell's history of drops, I mean, there could be like 10 targets and two catches here. All right, let's move along to the Cowboys at the football team. This is a very important division matchup because the football team has ripped off four straight wins since their bye. This defense is playing up and the Cowboys have some issues on offense, particularly in their run game. Let's start with Zeke, who's been dealing with this knee injury. I feel like we talk about it every week because he's been dealing with it since week four. And as a way to manage it, the team has limited his touches. That's resulted in under 50 rushing yards for four straight games. And so you're like, okay, great. So Tony Pollard, no big deal, right? But now Tony Pollard is a game time decision because he tore the plantar fascia, which sounds real painful, in his left foot. There's no real cure for it other than rest, which you're not going to get in five days, seven days, 10 days. So he's going to try to play through the pain. And given the team's postseason aspirations, this could become quite a precarious situation between trying to manage both running backs ailments. You don't love starting a less than 100% Zeke, but I moved him up from mid-20s to mid-teens with the Pollard news. I don't really expect him to play. If so, certainly not as full a normal set of complimentary snaps um, sounds like a painful foot injury. And then the rest of the situation for Zeke is pretty great with the offensive line and defense getting healthy and all the receivers. So, you know, the game script could be there for him to even just fall into the end zone twice. So you don't, I mean, Zeke's explosion's gone. It's not, he's not going to be hundred percent until next year. He's obviously on the downside of his career, but given this uh, new Pollard news, um, it, it's good news for Zeke, for Zeke's fantasy value. I suppose. I mean, also, I guess the way to beat the Washington football team is through the air, not on the ground. And their run defense, which had underwhelmed for the majority of the season, has weirdly stepped up the minute that Chase Young, it feels like, when when he got hurt. Um, I don't know if it's grittiness, resilience, a shuffling. Chase Young was on the field for like 100% of snaps. So uh, maybe the workload has been recalibrated for the D-line. But regardless, um, I, I do anticipate a, a decent amount of passing in this matchup. I think I would take the over, frankly. Um, I really love what the Washington football team is doing. Like they are the embodiment of grittiness and they're going to have to keep getting gritty because Logan Thomas, who is such a essential part of this offense, a, a positive key cog, if you will, he is on IR. He's got a left knee injury. It's not a torn ACL, but it's enough to 
mean that he's out for the remainder of the season. So you have to think then, okay, Ricky Seals-Jones, his time to step up again. We saw him do that at the top of the season, but he's been out the past couple of weeks with the hip injury. He did practice on a limited basis on Thursday. I am going to put my chips in on RSJ and say I imagine he finds the field on Sunday. The Cowboys have been pretty good against the middle of the field, um, but with the potential volume, even though, you know, even though the football team isn't passing as much as they were when RSJ was featured at the top of the season, I still think the potential volume here um, and the, and the goal line equity or the red zone equity makes me feel pretty, pretty bull, more bullish than bearish on him. Top 15. Hopefully Seals Jones can suit up because if not, that'd be trouble for this passing attack down to their third stringer at tight end. They refused to give McLaurin a dozen targets. Maybe it forced them to. And if McKissick is unable to play here, um, yeah, there'd be lacking targets. So hopefully Seals Jones, RSJ suits up. He would, uh, yeah, top 15 sounds about right to me. Um, and then Gibson, if there's no McKissick, that's huge for his uh, DFS value. You know, is he going to see the targets or not? That's that's the, the, the key to pay attention to in this game there is in the backfield in, in Washington. McKissick is expected to clear concussion protocol, though. So uh, I would I would be surprised if he doesn't play. But yes, definitely monitor the situation. Um, uh, here's a stinker. Falcons at Panthers. I mean, <laughs> should we check in on Kyle Pitts? Oh, man. Yeah, no, he, I definitely liked the setup last week. He was off to a hot start, too, the first quarter. And then he just ghosted everyone the second half. It's totally disappointing. I think um, overall numbers are like not, not the whatever. Yeah, he's been a total disappointment and just... Yeah, I mean, well, you're going to still I still treat him as a top 10 fantasy tight end just because the position's so thin. But I mean, I wouldn't blame people for being frustrated. And in this situation, you might get a lot of Gilmore and it's a it's a tough matchup. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a lot to sugarcoat pits. It's just been really ugly ever since Ridley left. Well, that is 100 percent true on the Carolina side of things. Obviously, Chuba Hubbard re-enters the equation. I think Cam Newton, from a fantasy point of view, has a nice bounce-back opportunity. He's a good buy. I think he's $27 in our DFS game. And if you are in a PPR league desperate for a running back, I would take a flyer, a flex flyer maybe, on Amir Abdullah. Atlanta, we know how generous they are to opposing running backs in general, but they've also given up the seventh most receiving yards, nearly 600 to the position. So I like Abdullah as like a top 40 flex option in PPR. Carolina's going to be interesting. They fired their offensive coordinator during the bye, but I still ranked uh, Newton as a top 12 fantasy QB this week in this matchup. And um, I know he's at risk of getting benched mid-game, but I, I feel like the la the problem la last game out was the pressure Miami got to him, and I don't think Atlanta is going to be nearly that problem uh, this week. So uh, Newton with his legs, like him as a fantasy start. And um, yeah, that's, he, he'll probably be a problem for Hubbard too. The, the Abdullah will get the targets and Newton may get the goal line carries there. So even in a nice matchup, Hubbard, you know, it can only has so much up, fantasy upside. That's a, that's a really good point, actually. A lot of people just, I think, are assuming the same production that they were able to get out of him at the top of the season. But I don't think that that's... I don't think that that's a thorough analysis. Um, the Seahawks are traveling to Houston, another stinker of a game in non-fantasy related news, unless maybe you're, no, you're in a dynasty or keeper league. Um, Russell Wilson is swatting away those trade rumors, doing the whole no way. I love this team. I love this city. I love my fans uh, sort of talk. So regardless, he looked better last week. They ran the ball better. Seattle ran the ball better last week. I mean, not great, but it was better. And I think that that improvement also reflected in 
Russell's ability to pass the ball and, you know, operate a semi-functional offense. Yeah, I'll call, uh, this is a live dog here for Houston. I certainly like the points. Davis Mills, it's a very, very small sample, but he's been way better during the home road splits. And um, their defense, the one thing Houston does really, really well is defend the pass. Number six in defensive DVOA against the pass. That's what, so what, Seattle's going to go out there and beat him with Adrian Peterson? I don't think so. So uh, I I would take the points here. I think uh, Houston's a live dog in this matchup. And um, Seattle won with some special teams. And I mean, they got outgained 2.3 yards per play last week. So I I don't think that their offense is by any means cured. I find it a little bit interesting that everybody, like on the Sunday wrap-up show with Matt he like scoffed at the idea of Adrian Peterson I listened to the pickup show with Andy and Scott and they were both like you could hear the eye roll in the audio about AP I don't want to talk about him I don't think like I understand that he is not the player that he once was and I don't think he should be expected to be in his mid-30s but I also feel like we come up with so, like, we are required to come up with bold predictions on a weekly basis. The whole team has to write them, right? And we have come up, like, I featured Rex Burkhead at one point. You know, like, I, I feel like if we're talking about falling into the end zone and it being AP and a matchup against the Texans, who you're right, are great against the pass. You know what they're not great against? The run. They've allowed 13 rushing touchdowns on the season to running backs specifically. I do not think... That if you are desperate, particularly if you're in a standard scoring league and you need to throw somebody in, that Adrian Peterson, I, I, mean, I would in fact take the over on him scoring a touchdown for at like 30 rushing yards and a touchdown seems like a completely reasonable line for Adrian Peterson this week. Uh, it's a it's a good point. It's a run funnel defense, and they're eight and a half point favorites. So, and and the, the Carroll wants to run the ball, prevent the turnovers. So it may not be aesthetically pleasing or a high yards per carry but he absolutely could get 20-plus touches and fall into the end zone twice. Uh, the setup is there for that, certainly this week, too. Dude, you're going way over my 30 and a touch. So, <laughs> so um, I, I just think that people need to consider it. Yeah, it, no, it's certainly possible. And the running backs are are very, very thin. I, I think Houston's going to be plucky here and make this a game. But uh, either way, Adrian Peterson's involvement is probably, probably going to be heavy. All right. The Lions at the Broncos. Um, yay, Detroit. And... Okay, Denver. <laughs> um, I guess the news for the Broncos is, well, I suppose the news for fantasy managers is not great if you're a Javante Williams supporter. If you bought the dip on Melvin Gordon in, in August, then maybe you're happy because Gordon is expecting to go on Sunday. He only missed one game with that hip injury. Of course, Javante Williams is coming off of that 178 scrimmage yard performance versus the Chiefs, how are you dealing with this this situation? Is it a the genie out of the bottle, you can't put it back in kind of thought or return to normalcy? Yeah, it's funny because, you know, rarely do they live, people live up or exceed the hype. And Williams did that. He was a fan, uh, his most fantasy points per game started as a, uh, in, in history of the sport. But um, uh, yeah, great performance, even in a game that they only scored nine points against the, the Chiefs too. Um, but I do expect this to go back more and toward a committee. I can't, I just don't know the actual certainty of, of Gordon's health, but assuming he's uh, back to close to 100%, uh, expected to be a frustrating uh, timeshare, but um, and the, but this matchup that doesn't mean that Williams still can't be productive, especially with Gordon's first game back. So I still ranked him 
fairly aggressively. I really like Denver's setup here with Detroit coming off their first win. Um, uh, the whole locker room is dealing with the flu. It's like missing practice throughout the week. Hawkinson may not even play right. in this game. Uh, obviously, Swift missing him is actually really big. And whereas Denver coming off that loss and uh, relatively healthy and, you know, playing a, a, in, in mile high against a dome team. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, uh, I might, I might be looking at them in that aforementioned survivor. I like I like Denver's setup. So theoretically Gordon and, uh, Williams, uh, could, could be nice, uh, game scripts if it goes according to plan. Are you ranking Gordon knowing what we do right now about his hip issue inside your top 20? I have Just Gordon inside. 20. Gordon 25, okay. but Javante Williams 11, but maybe I'll bring them closer to get, you know what I mean? Closer together. Yeah, if yeah. I, once I see four positive reports of Gordon, it's just a guessing game with Gordon's health, but I could certainly see me moving him up to my 20th is AJ Dillon, a similar situation, a, a back, not looking at a full workload and a great thing. So sure. It's the same tier. It, it's hard. I think I similarly am flirting with the Javante Williams around RB 15 and I'm deciding whether or not Melvin should be inside or just outside of my top 20, but it's a, it's a similar span of players. Giants at chargers. Woof. Lots of news in this one. Let's start. None of it. Great. By the way, let's start with the giants. Um, the perennially snake bitten giants, Kenny Galladay dealing with a rib issue. Sterling Shepard, who's missed four games, but five weeks because of the bye week that was in between there with a quad injury. Both of those players practiced on a limited basis on Thursday. So whatever that means to you, if y'all are holding out for Kenny Galladay, I don't, and you got to the play and you got almost to the playoffs. I don't know. Congratulations. Whoever else you're using must be performing for you. Kadarius Tony dealing with the quad injury, apparently suffered a, a setback and is not expected to suit up on Sunday. And then we have Mike Glennon who suffered that brain injury last Sunday, but he is trending towards a start on Sunday, which means we will be saved from the Jake Fromm experience. Yes, yeah, the Chargers are certainly another survivor option as a big double-digit favorites here. Um, they are dealing with a uh, COVID outbreak throughout the locker yeah. room. I'm uncertain about Allen and Mike Williams there, and your guy Austin Eckler's a little banged up too, but he could be the number one fantasy player this week, big time, given the the injuries to the receivers there and in this setup. Um, but yeah, it uh, looks like... Uh, uh, they also have a short. They 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 have a, they play the Chiefs on Thursday too, so it's possible a, a look ahead game for the, for these Chargers. But the uh, Giants, they're dealing with even a worse situation with so many injuries, as you mentioned. Hopefully, Sterling Shepard returns to this game, but it's uncertain how healthy Barkley is. I guess his ankle was heavily wrapped at practice. Um, yeah, Mike Glennon is gonna yeah probably play without practicing this week. So yeah, it's it's ugly for the Giants, but their defense has been showing up the last few weeks. But on offense, man, it's just been they've just been ravaged by injuries. What are you doing with Saquon Barkley? I mean, he's definitely outside of your top 15 when you weigh the matchup with the injury and the efficiency of the offense, which has obviously negatively affected him because it's not efficient. Are you even tempted to drop him outside of your top 20? Yeah, his ECR right now is running back 15. I have him as my running back 22. I'm just concerned mm. if, yeah, he could he could leave that game early. Uh, the Chargers season long, they're the clear the run funnel defense, but their uh, their yards per carry has really improved over the last month. So, um, I mean, maybe that's, I, whatever, you could quibble. Re- reasonable minds could disagree. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm more bearish on Barkley than, than, than the consensus, it seems like. I'm a little bit worried about everybody jumping in on Austin Assuming, and by the way, like, so in our pre-production meeting for for Eckler's Edge, 
I was the one who told Austin about Keenan's positive test, positive COVID test. He hadn't like heard yet. And I was just assuming he had known. And his immediate reaction was like, oh my, well, your boy's going to have to step up, you know? And then he also immediately went on his own Yahoo Fantasy app and um, picked up Josh Palmer. So from inside, those were his thoughts. He thought he was, he said, your boy's going to have to step up and uh, let's go Josh Palmer and went on his own phone and picked up Josh Palmer in his own fantasy league. I don't think obviously like any Mike Williams is playing, will play a lot into this as well. Though I, I, the expectation is that he's going to be able to see the field on Sunday. So assuming that happens and it's just Keenan Allen that the team needs to replace, like there's not one single player on that squad who has as versatile a skill set, frankly, or is as much of a technician to fully replace what Keenan Allen does for the offense. But in terms of volume, like, Josh Palmer's going to see a lot. He's a nice red zone threat. Um, he did score a couple of weeks ago, I think in early November, he found the end zone. Um, but I am worried that if Austin is dealing with this bone bruise in his ankle and he's feeling like regular aches and pains of the season, and they are looking ahead to a Thursday night game, everybody wants to use Austin for this $36 and pay up for him in DFS, but Justin Jackson is actually healthy right now, which never happens. So I might be a little bit worried about his usage, especially in a matchup where they're pretty anticipated to win. Yeah, and you said they have the quick turnaround, and he's dealing with these quote-unquote bumps and bruises. So, uh, yeah, what does your guy Eckler know what he's talking about? I thought it's Jalen Guyton is the DFS play. No, no, this has me questioning everything, the Palmer thing. That's inter- that's very interesting because I, I did write about Jalen Guyton. I thought he might step up and play the slot well, he if, had a big if game Allen last were to week. miss. But, yeah, and Palmer's obviously the rookie's uh, you know, is flashed as well. So, um, yes, that's a, a, a very fair point, especially with the Chiefs coming up on Thursday night. Why use Eckler in a matchup? They're double-digit favorites, and, and oh, they're starting to bang up Glennon, throwing to, who, I mean, who knows, John Ross. It's, it could be ugly on the other side. So, yeah, yeah, those are fair points. I mean, I don't know. I could talk about the Chargers forever because I feel like I've learned so much about them in particular. The other issue is that they have had troubles responding to success like they're pretty good at coming off of a loss and rebounding but they have trouble building momentum off of a win and carrying that into the following week so anyone's guess I mean I I would just say for my own purposes I probably will not and I'm closer to the situation than most fine but I probably will not be paying 36 for Austin in DFS but I'll absolutely be rolling him out in my redraft Totally. He'll be popular in DFS too. So, I mean, that's yeah. a, it's, I hear you. That's an interesting fade. And then the, the, maybe Jared Cook is another guy to mention here if those receivers sure. are banged up. If you want to pivot there. And also, yeah, all those guys are banged up and we can't figure out the other receiver, maybe pivot to the tight end there. And, and he went to Jared maybe this uh, Sunday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very, very good. Um, I think well, only about half the reason I write these days, Liz, is just to do off-color uh, off references and only about 1% of the uh, readers would get. So yeah, <laughs> that's half the reason I root for Jared Cook to catch a touchdown each week is this so I can uh, make that reference that no one will even understand. But, uh, well, I anyway. totally got it, and I laughed at it, and I am see- your face didn't change when I laughed, so I doubted whether or not I understood the reference. But now you've clarified, so thank you very much. Yeah, um, yeah. And I wanted to Jake Jake from State, <laughs> State Farm, too, but uh, Harmon got in that joke yesterday, too, so I couldn't take that. But anyway, let, let's move on. Carry on. Uh, what, what, all right. All right. I'm going to take a – there's a new billboard up with one of these weird attorneys whose who's wife – actually, ex-wife. I got a little bit of tea in my mom's group – is on Orange County Housewives. So I think I'm going to tee you up for that one. 
sometime, not next week, because then it's too obvious, but I'm going to have to send you a picture of that billboard so you can work on some puns. Anyway, your 49ers are uh, traveling to Cincinnati. Uh, Maybe they'll have some chili. Maybe they'll have Debo Samuel on the field. Either one is a possibility, but we're not entirely sure. Uh, Debo was working off off to the side at practice on Thursday, so... I don't know. Do you have any? And also, oh my gosh, it's not just Debo. I mean, I was thinking the backfield because Debo is has become such an integral part of that backfield. But also, Elijah Mitchell still not back at practice, dealing with a concussion. Pessimism around him potentially suiting up on Sunday. So now it's Jamichael Hasty who logged just one snap after missing three games with an ankle issue, or Jeff Wilson who's got this knee issue that has limited him for months. Yeah, this is the injury game of the weekend to pay attention to on both sides. I'll start with the Niners. Uh, yeah, Mitchell not only is dealing with his concussion symptoms that he was cleared concussion, then he woke up with symptoms on Monday, but he also had an MRI on knee irritation. It's clear the rookie is, uh, you know, he's been battling injuries throughout the year and he's been worked heavily. So I, I, I would not really count on him at this point. Uh, Jermichael Hasty may be the last man standing, but it's unclear if Jeff Wilson can suit up. So I would not want to rely on any 49ers running back this weekend. And that's with Debo Samuel uncertain too. So George Kittle was the fa- fantasy's highest scorer last week. He might be against since week nine. He's been targeted on 40% on first down routes. And those are like worth more too. So Kittle is another smash spot here. The Bengals have struggled. I think they were third worst in DVOA on passes over the middle of the field. That's almost exclusively where Jimmy G works. So given their running back situation and given their Horrible injuries to their secondary. Uh, Jimmy G might be asked to throw more than usual this game. And even without, I mean, I know they missed Samuel last week, but I mean, Garoppolo got 10.0 YPA. They did not, their offense, they did not lose because of Debo Samuel's absence. Garoppolo, by the way, uh, number two in YPA this season behind only Kyler Murray, 8.5 YPA. He throws some dumb, two more horrible interceptions last week. Absolutely, he's not a great real-life QB, uh, as I wish he was. But, man, he's he's efficient in times uh, if you did just remove those horrible picks. Um, and I think Kittle could be uh, another big, big game here. And go back to Ayuk, who disappointed last week, if Samuel sits. And then Cincinnati, uh, Burrow, did you see the pictures of his finger last week? It looked mangled. It didn't, it didn't look good. But I guess he was throwing passes today, and T. Higgins returned from his uh, ankle scare in practice. So those guys may be good to go, whereas Joe Mixon now is, is mysteriously missed back-to-back practice with, quote-unquote, a really bad cold. So, so many injury issues to pay attention to up until game time. Injury game for sure. Um, I am buying the dip on Jamar Chase, by the way. I think he rebounds. He almost had a touchdown last week. It was just a freak bobble away that turned into an interception. Um but you mentioned the secondary injuries in San Francisco. Manuel Mosley, I mean, there's a way better statistical. Emmanuel Mosley has put up much better numbers, frankly, and been better on the field than Josh Norman. And since he's out, I feel like that should benefit Chase and maybe make the situation a little bit easier for Burrow, who is dealing with that finger issue. I love Chase this weekend. You yeah. mentioned the drop last week, uh, masking the numbers. And Higgins is out dealing with an ankle injury and Mixon's banged up. So, he, I mean, he's the healthiest there. And uh, he, he'd been, uh, his salary had been too high in DFS because Higgins has essentially been seen as a high of a target share, if not higher, since he's returned healthy. But whatever, it's, I, I agree with you. Now is the week for Chase to, 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 to be his turn. And um, with this Niner secondary, with Mosley out, it's a major, major problem. This game is uh, over under one of the highest of the weekends for a reason, even though, you know, theoretically the Niners like to slow the game down. But um, I expect uh, some fireworks from both passing. I like Kittle and I like Chase quite a bit in DFS this weekend. 
$28 chases in DFS. Next up is the only game projected to go over 50 total points this week. It's the Bills at the Buccaneers. I am sure that Buffalo is thrilled to warm themselves in the Florida sun after freezing their tuchuses off at Orchard Park on Monday night. Yeah, what a wild game. It's absolutely crazy. This is, I mean, it's going to be high roster uh, percentage, but um, for good reason. It's going to be a bounce back for Dawson Knox. I really yep. like Diggs. I really like Diggs in this matchup. Uh, it's tough to run against the Bucks so against any team. Obviously, Buffalo's not going to be able to do it. So a ton of passing in this matchup. And uh, Brady, you know, the Bills in DFS, the salary is a little lower because of the season-long stats of the Bills, but they've had by far the easiest schedule. And, you know, last week is going to be masked by an opponent throwing the fewest passes in a game since 1976 or whatever so I think Brady who has big splits way better at home this year even if the YPA hasn't been elite he's going to have another massive game um so yeah uh, yeah fire up everyone here Evans Godwin and and and, and historically uh Brady's been so much better with with the healthy Gronk which he has now as well too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say you know there was a report I believe out of the athletic last week that suggested New England had planned to run pretty heavily against Buffalo that they weren't afraid of it, intimating that the Bills' run defense was more paper tigers than actual uh, an actual force to fear. I don't think anyone, you know, that being said, anticipated just three pass attempts from Mac Jones. But I also feel like now that it's on tape, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are probably less afraid of the Bills' run defense as well. And particularly given how well Lenny Fournette is playing, I don't, you know, I think people who just look at the fantasy points allowed stat might think, oh, this is going to be a tough game for Lenny. And so we're expecting a shootout. It's a high, it's, you know, potentially a high scoring game. And so they might push Lenny down a little bit. I would not do that. Not after what we saw on Monday night. Lenny's a slam dunk top three fantasy back for me this weekend. I mean, he's getting the targets. He's getting the red zone work. We saw Jonathan Taylor run wild against this Bills defense. Again, it's really benefited from a a, a soft schedule. And Tredavious White is out, by the way, now. I forgot Mm -hmm. to mention that, talking about Brady. And Brady's uh, numbers really drop when pressured. And the Bills do have a strong pressure rate on defense. They've really invested all their recent draft picks in in that capital. So that would make more sense to give Lenny uh, more carries. So, oh, I love love Fournette in uh, DFS and as a top three. I mean, you could argue he's the number one fantasy back this weekend, frankly. Sure. Yeah, that's a really good point. I also, you know, the carousel in Tampa Bay is interesting because one week it's Chris Godwin. It was last week. He had a, a, he had a franchise, he set a franchise record, 15 catches, right? He had a career day. Um, I think because of the Tredavious White absence, it might be Mike Evans time this week. That would be the, uh, if I am playing one of the two receivers in DFS, I think I'd be more comfortable paying up for Evans over Godwin. Yep, and five screens for Godwin last week. I agree with you. T- taking turns in the Bills, I believe, have really been tight against uh, the slot as well, too. So I-, I do like Evans this week is his turn. And if you really want a deep one, um, Bashad Perryman uh, got all the playing time last week quietly as the third receiver there, not Tyler Johnson. And um, Antonio Brown obviously is a shaky future there. So if injury, you would take an injury. You don't start Perryman. But um, if you wanted to stash someone in a deeper league, Perryman's now an option. Sound advice. Sunday night football, the Bears at the Packers. The Packers are 12 and a half point favorites. 
Merry Christmas to me, Andy Barons, Jason Klobaca, and the rest of uh, the team's Bears fans. So we know that Randall Cobb is going to be out for a while. I know that you have always liked MVS. He's one of your pet players. And I wanted to mention, because I saw that Troy King, who does some freelance work for us at Yahoo Fantasy, noted in his bold prediction that MVS should be a high upside flex play and believes that he will find the end zone for any of these teams needing to make a last minute push in the playoffs or towards the playoffs. So are you on board with this bold prediction from Troy? You know me, MVS. Yeah, over the last two, <laughs> over the last, over the last two games, MVS has a higher target share and a way high, more than double air yard share than Adams, who's by the way missing practice while nursing an injury. So yeah, I'm, I'm back in on MVS. You know, just when yeah, of course that means he's gonna probably put up another stinker because uh, but I, I love him and I can't yeah I can't yeah I can't can't stop recommending MVS. But honestly, the the volume lately has been very encouraging. Imagine if a number two receiver it actually did emerge with with Rogers. You know, I mean, it really there's some nice potential there. It's the volume is not the concern with MVS. The efficiency <laughs> is the concern, yeah. right? But you know that he's yeah. going to catch like, you know, one 37 yard ball. And then all of a sudden his stat line is going to get this giant boost. That's, that's part of it. But um, with, with no Cobb and no tight end. And honestly, there was a lot of praise by the coaches saying he really improved as a route runner and all the small stuff during the, during the summer. And maybe it just taken a little bit later to show him the field. I don't know. There really is some optimism there. I get it. He's burned everyone time and time again, but uh, especially if Adams is banged up. I mean, I don't know. He's certainly someone that should yeah. be at minimum rostered on all benches. I don't think we poo poo it. I also don't expect that the Packers are going to need to throw a whole lot, especially given the spread. Totally. Um, but if there is some silver lining for the Bears, it's that Justin Fields is expected to start. That is fair, by the way. The game script made a call for a ton of passes from Green Bay, especially how yeah, Fields returning, how close is he to 100%. But um, fantasy managers will just be curious how much he runs. Um, uh, Allen Robinson may or may not return. So, yeah, this isn't you know great for fantasy managers, but Darnell Mooney you could use if needed. And obviously David Montgomery just getting it done, even in games in which they're losing badly, just getting it done in fantasy terms. Well, that's the only identity the Bears have, right? Like, just if all else fails, just start running the ball. Except don't let your quarterback do that. Maybe, though, you're right. Maybe. I think for anybody who added Justin Fields on a dynasty team or a keeper league, like this, the reason you're watching Fields in this game is not to play him and not for immediate gain, but to see what he can do. And, like, I want to see him run even if, even if Nagy's not like designing for him, I still won't well, Nagy's going to be fired, but like, I still want to see what he can do in the hopes that it will be, they will, there will be clues available to the next regime. hundred percent. You got to see what you have in, in fields for sure. Uh, yeah. I'm curious to see. It's an interesting game. You know why they didn't flex it out of Sunday night is the biggest spread of the week. But um, I guess the uh, bears Packers, you know, obviously historically uh, should be fun, but uh, I do worry that this game could get out of, could get out of hand for your bears. Yeah, you're very sweet to put it so mildly. And we are very sweet to end it on that note <laughs> because that's it. We've run out of games to preview. But if you want to keep ch chatting with us, you can do so on Twitter. You can follow me at LizLoza underscore FF. You can follow Dalton at Dalton Del Don. And while you're there, make sure you're following at Yahoo Fantasy. There will be no Saturday pod this week. Matt and I, though, will be back first thing Monday morning. Until then, we're out. <laughs>